Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise God. Let's pray before we're seated. Hallelujah. Let's ask God to touch us. And I know the word's anointed, so let's ask him to touch us. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you most of all for your word. We ask you right now in Jesus' name, God, that you would touch us. Strengthen us, Lord God. I pray that you open our minds, Lord God, that we could hear, Lord Jesus. We could have right now what the Spirit would say, Lord Jesus. Touch us, holy God. Thank you for what you're going to do. We love you tonight, Lord Jesus. Father, we just want to draw ourselves in, Lord God, and hear what you would say, Lord God. Touch us, God. Thank you for what you're going to do. The holy name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. Praise God. I just want to go to 1 Kings 13. It tells of... Uh, it's actually a unique story that is told. Um, one of the characters is Jeroboam. And if you know anything about the Bible, I guess if you would look at the false prophets in the Old Testament, I guess you could use probably the ones that they use as a benchmark is Ahab and, and probably... If there is anybody worse than Ahab, it's Jeroboam. I mean, he is he is out there. And when you really think about it, I mean, it, we're told that the Old Testament was written for us. So I believe we can draw from this. But sometimes I have to tell myself that I'm, I'm not reading about people that didn't know God I'm reading about people that knew God and is doing this and that's what I have to keep telling myself and I believe that's where we can learn from this um, it's not someone that's just didn't know better they did know better and what this story is about it's, it starts out it's it's dealing with the divided kingdoms and Jeroboam is made king of the, of the 10 tribes and it is so bad that God sends a prophet from Judah and as God does it, he don't even put a name on this prophet, he just sends him and let's just look, see what happens. 1 Kings 13, 1. It says, Behold, there came a man of God out of Judah by the word of the Lord unto Bethel, and Jeroboam stood by the altar 
to burn incense. Right there, we would know, looking at the Old Testament, it's all gone wrong from the very beginning. Here's Jeroboam knowing better that the king can't step in the role of a priest. But things had went so wrong, so wrong, that here he is, and that God had sent this man down, so he's doing this. And it just says, he sends a man of God, and he's fixing to prophesy against Jeroboam, and he's fixing to do it. Let's read verse two. And he cried against the altar in the word of the Lord, and said, O altar, altar, thus saith the Lord, behold, a child a child shall be born unto the house of David, Josiah by name, and upon thee shall he offer the priest of the high places that burn incense upon thee, and men's bones shall be burnt upon thee. Now that's pretty plain. He's telling him, you have let it get so bad that the altars that were these priests that you're just, um, I think it was, I think it was, um, well, I, I forgot now exactly who it was, but was talking about Jeroboam. He just started, if you just want to be a priest, man, you, you, you're a priest. And what he was saying here is in the prophecy, he said that he's just started naming all these people. If you just want to be a priest, you as a priest. And, but the prophecy is telling them, that when they, when you're dead and buried, I'm gonna have a man in the lineage of David, Josiah, he's gonna come dig up your bones and the altar that you sacrificed on, he's gonna burn your bones on that altar. That's how bad it's got. And he's, so he's telling them that. And so he's taken and this is the man of God and he's telling them that's what's gonna happen. And here is, Jeroboam standing by the altar to burn incense and he thinks everything's all right. So verse three, and he gave a sign this, the same day saying, this is the sign which the Lord hath spoken. Behold, the altar shall be rent and the ashes that are upon it shall be poured out. Now, this is, this is what always that I find Frustrating, I guess is a word. When people just say we're in the age of grace and you can do whatever you want. And I'm not trying to, believe me, I'm not trying to make this harder than it has to be or make it so hard, make it so hard you can't live it. I don't mean that at all. The Old Testament, like I said, was uh, an example for us. All I've got to do is read everything in the Old Testament and see the restrictions that God placed on them. Where it says here in the third that the altar shall be rent and the ashes that are on it shall be poured out. God even required when they take the ashes, they had to be taken out a certain way and they had to be taken out a certain way out of the temple. I mean, where it says that the ashes, when the altar was rent and the ashes poured out on the ground, it meant the ashes was gonna be unclean. And God says, for that, that's how bad it was. So 
if God, all these, what I'm saying, all these details that God put in this, he left, when it come to his temple and his sanctuary, nothing was left out. It was just, man didn't go in there and say, you know, like, well, what do you want to do about that? Well, I don't know. Let's think up something. No. You had Bible for every, when you stepped in his house, you had Bible for everything. It wasn't like coming here, well, Brother Rayleigh, what should we do about this? <laughs> Leave me out of it. We got Bible for it. That's what God was saying. Well, what do we do with the ashes? Think about it. What do we do with the ashes? God's got that covered. Literally, we can read of that. And that's why it's so bad. God said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to break the altar in half and I'm going to pour the ashes out. So he's, this is what's happening. The fourth verse says, and it came to pass that King Jeroboam, when he heard the sayings of the man of God, which he cried against the altar in Bethel, that he put forth his hand from the altar and he's telling them, lay hold on him and his hand, which he put forth against him, dried up so that he could not pull it again unto himself. Now, God's not playing around at this point. It's got bad. He sent a man there. And Jeroboam, here he is doing something that he knows better. It ain't like, well, oh, I, I didn't really know I should do that. He is standing in a place, burning incense in, in a priestly position, which he should not be doing. And then he tells them, get him. And then all of a sudden, he can't pull his arm back in. God just let his arm freeze in position. So it's just like we see this happening. And then it was rent, the altar was rent in, in five and the ashes poured out according to the sign which was from the man of God given by the word of the Lord. So he's, and then this is really, to me, this is the arrogance of Jeroboam. And six, and the king answered and said unto the man of God, entreat now the face of the Lord thy God and pray for me that my hand may be restored, uh, restored me again. And the man of God besought the Lord and the king's hand was restored him again. And it became as it was before. In one breath, it was get him. And the next breath, it was, you think you could say a prayer for me to your God? But what really gets me is a man of God that came there to speak, not his judgment, what God had told him to do. He still had the heart of a servant. He prayed for Jeroboam and God restored his hand or his arm rather and that happened. So he did that and, he, and then he tells him, this is what I'm wanting to get to. And the king said unto the man of God, come home with me and refresh yourself and I will give thee a reward. And the man of God said to the king, if, thou wilt, if, if you would give me half of your house, basically I would not go with thee, neither eat bread or drink water in this place. For it was charged to me by the word of the Lord saying, eat no bread nor drink water nor turn again by the same way that you came. This is one of them reasons why, I don't know, it's because God said so. Pure and simple. I'm not going to try to figure it out. I'm not going to worry about it. 
God said, you go do this, you speak to Jeroboam, or you speak against the altar, you eat nothing with them, they're idolatrous people at this point, you don't eat or drink, and, and when you leave, go home a different way than you came. Well, why do you want me to do that for, Lord? No. This was something that God told him to do. And Jeroboam is saying, probably just, you know, literally, what if your arm was stiff and all of a sudden it was fine? You would be wanting to thank him. But up to this point, he's telling him, no, I can't do that. God has commissioned me to do this and I can't do nothing else. I've got to stay true. I've got to stay true to what I've been told. So he's doing this and he goes and then he's, he's telling me, I've been charged. I can't do that. It was charged to me by the word of the Lord. So he went another way and returned not by the way that he came to Bethel. Verse 11 it says there was an old prophet in Bethel and his sons came and told him all the works that the man of God had done in Bethel, the, um, the words that he had spoken unto the king and they told their father. Now, I read as much as I could read on this old prophet. Some have said, was he a good prophet, bad prophet? Most from what I could get out of it, if he was a good prophet, what was he doing there? I don't know. Some from what I could get out of it, it was just like he had got, basically, as we would say, he had got cold in his service. He probably was a prophet of the Lord. And for some reason, he had just, I don't know. I'll be careful here because I'm 63. It could be his age. Okay, that's enough. That's on a holy hush to come on. Uh, it could have been his age, but the Bible says his sons was there, but his sons, the dangerous part of that was his sons was following in his footsteps. So his sons was there in the temple working too. So they went and told their dad. So what happens is the father comes there and sees this. And so the father basically tells his sons, go take, saddle me an animal. I want to go find this man. And that's what happens. He starts following him. And up to this point, he has done everything he had supposed to do. He, he was. He had told Jeroboam, I, I can't do this. It was, I can't, you know, I'm, I've, I've been told by the Lord and I'm not going to cross it. And so he charged him, he can't do this. So he went another way and he wasn't gonna do it. So he said to his sons, get the horse ready and so I'm going. But the thing of it is, he went after the man of God in 14 and found him sitting under an oak and he said unto him, art thou the man of God that came us from Judah? And he said, I am. And he said, come home with me and eat bread. And he said, I may not return with thee nor go with thee, neither will I eat, or neither will I eat bread or drink water with thee in this place. And then he tells him, why? Because God had told me not to do it. 
God had told me not to do it. So he's telling, he, he's telling him, but 18 is where everything changes. And he said unto him, I am a prophet also as, as thou art. An angel spake unto me by the word of the Lord, saying, Bring him back with thee into thine house, that he may eat bread and drink water. But he lied unto him. Now everything is fine. Everything is fine, and uh, the, the man from Judah, the man of God from Judah came. He delivers himself. He resisted Jeroboam. It's when the other prophet. And just like today, the day in which we live, I mean, media, our media, we have so much available to us. There is so much out there, so much information. And, you know, just like where this man was tested and we have this prophet, he tells him here, he said that I'm a prophet just like you. And so he's listening to him. We have the young prophet and the elder prophet. Now, I don't know. It's just speculation on, on my part. But what has to be our, our truly guideline and what I believe we can use from this story is where he's telling him, you've got to come back with me. But God hadn't confirmed that. In other words, we have his word. I mean, Paul even said, though we or an angel preach any other doctrine. So it doesn't matter what someone is doing. If they are raising people from the dead, if you're watching their hands grow out, if they don't match the doctrine, it doesn't matter what they're doing. I'm serious. The devil can do miracles. So when, when the old prophet said, I'm just as you, come back with me, you know, and, and he found common ground with him. Now, why the prophet did this, and here's where I, 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 I'm telling you, here's where I have trouble because this is not... This is not a Gentile doing this to him. This is someone of his own kind doing this to him. And so he says, you know, I, I'm just like you, you know, and he, but the Bible plainly tells us he's lying to him. And evidently the only one right now at this point that doesn't know it is the man of God. But what was his his strength was what God had told him to do. That was his ace. Pardon me for saying that. I'll finish it. That was his ace in the hole. Forgive me for saying that. But anyway, he takes, and just like God had given him and told him instructions on what to do, our Bible is our word. I mean, that's our word. It, 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 that's what we have. That's what we have. So he went back with him and he, that's one thing that's intrigued me about this chapter. The other, they came back and I'll skip some of it, but they came back and another thing, they're sitting at the table eating. And this is really, really something to me. I mean, they're sitting there eating and then all of a sudden, the spirit of the Lord moves on the old prophet. And he prophesies against 
the man of God. And it's like pointing fingers at him. Ooh, you've went wrong. It's like, really? I've went wrong? Well, guess who led me down this path? Sitting at his table. But I mean, the Bible, I meant the Bible. He tells him and he does this. And it's like, he, he, he does this. And he, he tells him, he said, there's gonna be a line. God is gonna get a line and you're gonna be killed. And one thing, you're not gonna be able to be buried. Your bones is not gonna be able to be buried with your family. And you can read the story. It's like they finish eating. It's like no big deal. They finish eating. He gets ready to leave. He gets on the animal and they, and they leave. So, and, why, and sure enough, while he's leaving, on the way back, God sends a line and the man of God's life was taken. And that's, in times like these, to me, when I read this, you know, you, you look at this, look what the old prophet did. And we read these passages in the Bible where it says, where's judgment gonna start at? It's gonna start in my house. And you think the, the prophet that came that had the message and God judged him more harshly, it seems like, you know, and maybe, you know, and believe me, I'm careful using my words here because ain't no way I'm gonna say it looked wrong, you know. But God took and let a line come in and the way it all worked out, it, the, the line come in, took the man's life. And, but to show, to show you what happened though and how the guy did this, when he said, I'm gonna get me an animal, I'm gonna go out, I'm gonna retrieve the body and then when he comes back, he's like, alas, my brother, my brother, you know, he's, he's doing all this moaning to the, uh, uh, of what the prophet said. But he's taken and he's acting like he's lost his dear friend. And, it, and I don't know if he ever looked at him laying there dead and ever thought, you know, how much of a hand he had in that. I don't know. I really don't know. But he took, he went and got him, he brought him back. But the one thing he told him, he said, bury him in my grave only when I die, put my bones inside of his bones. Because one thing that he knew is that when he starts burning bones, he's not gonna burn my bones because my bones is laying inside of his bones. And the Bible bears that out. That when Joash, three, like 300 years later, when this actually happened, Joash did not mess with this tomb. The Bible bears that out. So the old prophet, the old prophet knew. And I don't know, when you look at this and 
just look the way that it, it came about. God has, gave, God has gave us his word no matter how much information there is out there. And people say, well, what about this? Or what about that? Or what do I do about this? It don't have to be complicated. God has given us his word and in his word is where the answers are. That is what simplifies it for me, you know, and I don't want to, I don't want to argue about nothing really. And I'm serious about that. All I'm saying is go to the Bible. Let's find, let's find the answers. And there's, he, he takes and he does this and in the, throughout all of this, the Bible tells us in the very end, Jeroboam never changed through all of this and seeing him. He never changed. I mean, he just kept right on with the way he was going. He just stood and he, he just, he, he just, I mean, one thing, one thing I want to read um, in Romans. I'll read it in closing. Romans, the fifth chapter. It's a verse that is quoted a lot. Romans, fifth chapter, 19, I'll read 19, 20, and 21. The Bible says, for as by one man's obedience, disobedience, for as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. This is where we start and quoted, usually when it was quoted, but where sin abounds, grace did much more abound. But the phrase before that, moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. The law entered so we'd know we'd sinned. I mean, there had to be something to let us know that we had sinned. But where we had sinned, grace was there to cover that sin. Now, I've heard some, I mean, I'm not going to jump on this plane but I've heard some, it says, you can't out grace. Okay, for that answer, let's read the next verse and see what it says. That has sin hath reigned unto death. That is true. The wages of sin is death. Okay, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. That right there. I think sums it up for me that as sin has reigned unto death, even so might grace, what are you going to do with grace? That it might reign through righteousness. God is going to give us the grace because we're still living in flesh and blood bodies. He's going to give us grace so we can be as righteous as we can in this human body. It's what I think it means. So, but where sin did abound, grace did the more. God knows us as individuals. He knows what we live with, what we face, how, how much we have to do. We're all different. We are. So, ever what we need, God applies that to us. I mean, it can't be one size fits all. It's not. I mean, God deals with us on individual levels. I believe that for sure. And he's, he's that kind to us. So, just as... The man, when he went 
God gave him the message to give. And when the message changed, he shouldn't have changed with it. All he had to say was God hadn't told me to change and he would have been fine. So God has given us his word and no matter what I hear, <laughs> no matter what I hear and what is truth, <laughs> truth is from beginning to end and I love it. Let's stand. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.